Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Rattled and Shook is released weekly, every Thursday, and brought to you absolutely free. But if you want to listen ad-free, subscribe to Tenderfoot Plus at tenderfootplus.com or on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get exclusive bonus episodes. For more information, check out the show notes. Now, enjoy the episode. And now, presenting Rattled and Shook. Hi. Hi. I'm April. Oh. oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Hi. Oh, hey. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Hi. I'm April. And I'm Meredith. And this is Rattled and Shook, a podcast where we tune into scary stories and discuss our deepest, darkest fears. But in a fun way. Yes. So it's it's basically Halloween. Damn right it is. I guess by the time this comes out, it will be... Less than a week from Halloween, but I feel like a lot of people are going to celebrate over this weekend. Yeah, the 20th and 29th. This will be the Halloween party weekend. Halloween. Yeah. So on that note, I think we're going to talk all things Halloween today. And my first question for you or thing I want to talk about is costumes, because growing up, um, maybe this is a shock, <laughs> but I didn't love Halloween. I actually was really afraid of Halloween. Oh. And the one thing I liked was costumes. Mm -hmm. I was afraid when my mom put out decorations for Halloween because she would want to like spookify the lawn. Mm -hmm. And I would be like, not too scary. <laughs> I'd be like, I'd be like, go light, mom. That's really scary. Use use some <laughs> self-control discretion. Too many bones, mom. Too many bones. That's a little morbid. So I loved costumes, though. Like, that was the thing that I got into. So I've always been really, really into the dressing up mm -hmm. for Halloween, um, which I think is going to be really fun to discuss because I think we're kind of coming to Halloween from completely different ends. Yes, we are. <laughs> Although we both were scared of Halloween when we were younger because my my parents put the fear of God in me about Halloween. <laughs> so literally. So you had it differently. Like, my mom was like, let's participate. Yeah. And I was like, I'll opt out. <laughs> And your parents were like, you're not participating. And you're like, that means it must be bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, I always probably discussed this before, but I've always, even when I was terrified of scary macabre things and Halloween, I was still drawn to it. 
Like I would sneak away to look at scary horror movie covers at the video store. I was always kind of Mm. very curious about it. And it was also something where my mom, it wasn't just about like the dark spiritual stuff. A lot of it was about like safety. Oh my gosh. People act out on Halloween, you know? I mean, I remember the candy discussions growing up. Are they the same today? I think so. Because after we went trick-or-treating, like my parents would make me dump my bucket on a piece of Yep. Uh, newspaper. And then there would be like the ritual of everyone goes to the candy. Yep. <laughs> like piece by piece, my parents would be like approved, approved, approved. Mm-hmm. I would be sitting there waiting for the candy. Like my mom would pass it to me and I would be eating it in real time as she was approving. I think I read that some of that fear was built on like oh, a myth. It is. I think it's an urban legend. I think something has happened before, but like I think there was like a threat one time. Yes. Or it was like proven that it was the, the father who blamed the Halloween candy, but he'd actually oh. like, it was some messed up story like <sighs> that. Yeah. Well, check your uh, candy kids. It makes sense. Because, you know, they would be checking for if it was sealed. That was what your parents were checking yeah. for. And I mean, to be honest, I like that just grosses me out. Like that's legitimate. <laughs> Even if it oh, wasn't right. tampered yeah. with, like I don't want someone's little fingers touching my tiny Snickers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Hands off my little Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, let's hear your first story. April's going to read this one. Yes. Let's do it. I grew up in a very close-knit community where holidays were sort of a neighborhood-wide affair. Halloween and Christmas were the big show and usually involved a lot of lights, animatronics, inflatable Peanuts characters, so on and so forth. Each year for Halloween, one couple held a family-friendly haunted house attraction. Each room was haunted by a different spirit who gave you a challenge to complete in order to receive your candy reward. Cute, right? The challenges varied a bit depending on your age, but some of the games I can remember were Unwrap the Mummy, Candy Cornhole, and the old classic, Blindfolded Eyeball Hunting in a Bowl of Skinless Grapes. I also remember hysterically crying one year when I couldn't land a ring around a witch's hat in a ring toss, but got the candy anyway. The couple that held the haunted house, we'll call them Helen and Pete, because why not, had a daughter in college and a son a couple years older than me. We'll call him T. When I turned 12, my parents finally allowed me to roam the neighborhood without their guidance that Halloween. I set off with a couple friends, we'll call them Ashley and Christine, because those were their names, to make the rounds, eventually making our way over to the haunted house. When we entered, we were ushered through the usual rooms with the typical challenges I had been doing since I was six. When I noticed T looking at me and my friends, my friends noticed too, and we all kind of looked at each other and giggled. I had never really talked to him. He was 14 and had just entered high school and we were still in middle school. Didn't have much in common. So I was a little surprised when he walked straight up to us. Have you seen the secret room? He said. We asked him what he meant. He went on to tell us that there was another room haunted by a real ghost and it had the best prizes. It was only for the older kids though. Obviously, none of us were buying the whole real ghost thing. We were seasoned 12 year olds after all. But we entertained it because the high school boy was talking to us. When we asked why we'd never heard about this secret room before, he said it was because we were still too young 
but he could take us to it if we wanted. For me, it was an immediate no, or at least not without asking his parents first, but he said they would just tell us we couldn't. On the other hand, my friends wanted to go along with it. This was an exciting new development for all of us. So I caved, thinking at least that if we stayed together, it would be fine, and I could always turn back if I wanted. He leads us away, into the kitchen, and then stops outside their closed basement door. Of course. He opens it, turns the light on, and we all peer down the stairs to see a room full of storage boxes and a washer dryer. Go on, he tells us. There's a ghost down the stairs hiding from us, and we have to find it to get our prize. At this point, we all call bullshit. But he persists, and my friends are only too happy to play along. So they begin to descend the stairs into the basement. I hesitated, and T looked at me expectantly. It's all of you or none of you, he said, inciting loud protests from my friends for me to just go with them already. It wasn't a big deal, and nothing was actually going to happen. I caved to the pressure and followed my friends down the stairs. I heard T descending the stairs behind us and knew that I had made the wrong decision. I wanted so badly to run, but I felt trapped. We got to the bottom of the stairs, and he told us to start looking. We inched forward a bit, then looked back at him. Ashley asked him to give us a hint. I will once you actually try to look, he said. My friends practically drag me further into the basement. Then, we hear him bound back up the stairs, laughing. We all whip around just as the lights go out, and the basement door slams shut, leaving us in complete darkness. We all start screaming. It was completely pitch black in that basement. I didn't know if there was another switch in the room, but I was too afraid to move. I reached for my friends, and we all huddled together as I tried to adjust my eyes to the darkness. In the meantime, we kept calling out, screaming and crying for anyone to come help us. I remember beginning to panic when I realized my eyes were not adjusting. There was absolutely no light down there. It felt claustrophobic. And for a second, I actually wondered if I had gone blind. Then, from across the room, we hear <laughs> laughter. And it doesn't sound like that of a teenage boy. It sounds like the laughter of a full-grown man. And then... I hear movement to my right. Suddenly Ashley screams at the top of her lungs and knocks us backwards. I instinctively let go and run, screaming, right into a box and fall to the floor. What? What happened? I yell. She tells us that something blew in her face, like someone breathing. Christine adds that her hair was pulled. I scramble forward, trying to feel my way toward the stairs, knocking into a few more things along the way. I finally find the bottom and haul ass up the staircase. I feel hands pull at my legs and look behind me. And I swear, I see a vague shape coming up the staircase behind me. I scream at the top of my lungs and go completely feral, kicking wildly behind me as I leap up the staircase, then feel around for the light and switch it on. I looked back to find no one in the basement but Ashley and Christine who immediately came running. The door was of course locked, so we set to screaming and pounding on it until someone finally opened it. Helen, 
We practically knock her over, running out of there, and told her what happened. That her son trapped us in the basement, and that there was someone else down there. She got angry. Not with her son, not with the possible menace in the basement, but with us. She told us to leave, and that we were causing trouble and ruining the fun for the other kids. We pleaded with her to search the basement. Someone was down there. But instead, she turned the light off, shut the basement door, and ushered us out of her house. I went home immediately and told my parents. Apparently they had choice words with Helen and Pete, and we never went back there again. Obviously I've thought a lot about this over the years. About what, or who, was down there with us. I don't want to make false accusations about their budding psychopath son, or accuse them of harboring some predator in their basement, or imply anything by stating that I don't remember seeing Pete anywhere as Helen was shoving us out of her house, but I have theories. Or maybe it was a real ghost, who's very bad at hide-and-seek. That's a good story. That's a very mm -hmm. relatable story for me. Yeah. Did you have a creepy, creepy older boys trapping you in basements? <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Sometimes I think I was the older boy. <laughs> <laughs> you were luring children into basements? Not quite. <laughs> and this is not good. But keep in mind, I was a child. But I, I have an older brother. But um, uh -huh. my older brother is not this kind of energy. My older brother is like, he was always thinking about like, even at a young age, mortality and like the state of the world. I think he had like really intense thoughts for a child. He wasn't yeah. like bullying me or thinking about me. He was too focused on his existential crises. <laughs> yeah, he, he was a very existential child. <laughs> but anyway, one time he had his friend over like his older boy friend over. And this is when you're young. We're only like a grade apart, but when you're younger, those things like matter. Mm -hmm. But I remember that like my brother and I like put him in a cabinet and like held the doors closed. <laughs> <laughs> and he like got, he like, I think he got really scared <laughs> in this cabinet. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So in that case, I think I was, I was the older boy. Yeah kind of a bully yeah i was like go in the cabinet see what happens <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of that scene from uh sixth sense where they did you ever see the Sixth yes, Sense? yes i know what you're talking about the little girl with the drinking they the drain trap no they trap oh. Haley joel osmond in that hatch all the way up that like spiral staircase at the birthday party it's like two boys are bullying him and they yeah. trap him in this like yeah do you I know what i'm talking about this yeah and tony collette like He's like being basically like attacked inside of the hatch and she has to like run up and get him out. And the two, two, I don't want to say idiots. What's it? Morons? Two, bozos? Two bozos. <laughs> you can never go wrong with bozo. These two, these two bozos. He's, they, something's happening and these two kids are just standing there listening to him be attacked. Your New York is coming out. It is coming out. I can, it's I such can a frustrating scene. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that scene. Yeah, so that's, that's you're basically the... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're on the wrong side of that. <laughs> I'm on the wrong side of history in that one. I don't like, uh, listening to the story, I was like, he just gives me like predator vibes. I did not like right. this older brother. Like it wasn't even, it didn't even seem like, 
I'm going to scare these youngsters. Like, it, I was mm-hmm. like, I'm worried for when this guy grows up, like, what kind of person he's going to be. Exactly. I want, I need an epilogue. I need to know if she found him on Facebook and <laughs> what's going on. Yeah. I feel like it's like we, he's in prison yeah. or on a sex offender list. It's he just true. gives me creepy vibes. Yeah. Well, and also, who else was down there? It just seemed like the whole thing was sketch, sus. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think back to moments like this where I definitely did something because of peer pressure, but I did not cave to peer pressure that much because I always had my dad's voice in my head being like, be aware of your surroundings. You're always a target. Blah, 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 blah. Like I was always on like high alert mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> for any sign of danger. Me too. Would you go into the basement because you thought it was exciting or something? I don't know. Yeah. I think I was probably the kid that was like, oh, sorry, um, good golly, look at the time. Like, I, I got to, like, you know, I think once I got to the basement. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, someone's calling me. Mom? Mom? I have to go. Mom? <laughs> oh, that's my mom. Oh, would you look at that? It's ad time. Do you ever wish you could become a detective and help find the clues to the case? How about all of that in a mobile game that you can take anywhere? In June's Journey, each scene leads to a new thrilling storyline. Uncover the mystery of June's sister's murder and find out about scandalous family secrets. The gameplay lets you find hidden clues as you investigate a murder mystery. Escape to a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance. Let your imagination run wild when decorating your island estate and collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. Whether you're craving a good mystery or looking for an escape, you can immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. Each new scene takes you further through a thrilling murder mystery story that sets the main protagonist, June Parker, on a quest to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. I travel so much while working that I personally love to play it while sitting around airports with all that free time I have. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Want to teach your kids financial literacy but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com odyssey. So that last story actually kind of reminds me of trick-or-treating growing up. And basically every year we would go to the neighborhood my grandparents lived in, which was pretty nearby, to trick-or-treat. And there was a house I wasn't allowed to go to when I was trick-or-treating. This guy, I still remember his name, Mr. Fawbacher. What a name. (laughs) Mr. Fawbacher. Can you spell it, please? <laughs> I can't use it in a sentence either. It sounds like like a Disney Channel original movie would name. That would be the curmudgeon in the neighborhood, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Fawbacher. 
Anyway, this man's house I wasn't allowed to go to. And there were like a couple different reasons for that. So one, he had an alligator. Okay. He had the alligator like in his pool. Like he made the alligator like a pen to live in out of his pool. Mm -hmm. So far, this sounds pretty relatable. Yeah. I can definitely (laughs) identify with this. Growing up in Long Island. That's always (laughs) happening on Long Island. You know, Mm -hmm. just a lot of alligators. Alligators roaming free. Now, actually, that's not even like the Halloween reason I wasn't allowed to go to his house. Mm -hmm. So the Halloween reason I wasn't allowed to go to his house is because he would, like when people rang the doorbell, he would rev a chainsaw and then open the door (laughs) with the chainsaw and all the kids would be like, "Ah!" you know, and my dad said like little kids would cry and stuff. And I was asking my dad, I was like, did he take the chain off the chainsaw? And he was like, I don't know. That's why I didn't let you go there. Oh my God. But apparently he would dress up like Mossman, which is another Louisiana thing. Mothman is Louisiana? I thought that was uh, West Virginia. No, Mossman. Mossman. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Mossman. Okay. So um, basically what he would do is he would take like like mosquito netting and like sew Spanish moss into it. Uh Uh-huh. Which also like gives me the heebie-jeebies to think that he put that on his body because Mm. like that is crawling with like micro little mites and stuff. But Was he always just covered in a rash <laughs> around Halloween? Yeah, exactly. He always had like some sort of like swamp lice. <laughs> but um, he would like put this like cover of moss on him and then like use the chainsaw and freak people out. And my dad just wouldn't let me go as a young person. And my dad was like, Moss Man was like a thing though that people would dress up as when he was little. Yeah. Is that an old like legend, like a mythological creature like Bigfoot or something? Or like Mothman? (laughs) It might be. Um, For Louisiana, specifically. I typed in, what is Mothman? And it said, Mothman is for the empowered woman. But I think this is is (laughs) an Australian clothing brand. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. When So when you initially brought up the alligator, I was really hoping that um, the reason why you weren't allowed to go trick-or-treating there was because the man would dress up the alligator (laughs) and bring him out to, like, the front yard and put, like, candy in the alligator's open mouth, and then you had to, like, get the candy out of the alligator's mouth. I wish. Well, I don't. I don't wish. (laughs) But I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by that being the scenario. So I know that like trick-or-treating was like a big deal for your family, but was your neighborhood just pretty wholesome? Yeah, I mean, there were, so like I can relate to the don't go to that house. Like there were a couple like that. Mm. Um, And, but it wasn't quite because there was a man covered in mites. (laughs) With a power tool. Yeah, with a chainsaw. It was more like, oh, those people, we don't really talk to them. You know, they were like a couple houses. So yours was just based on judginess. You were like, oh, <laughs> not them. <laughs> we really don't like their front lawn. <laughs> there were just like a couple of dark, shadowy looking houses. Mm. And my parents were just like, don't bother those people. <laughs> That's such a thing. That's such a relatable thing about like which houses yeah. you can go to. Yeah, there was a house kind of diagonally from me. It was actually the house of my older sister's science teacher. He was a science teacher at our school, mm-hmm. but his house was like 
I don't think it was Victorian, but it had a very old look to it. it. I don't know what the style of architecture was. I already love it. It was like a gingerbread house. Did it look like a gingerbread house? Kind of. It looked like an old dollhouse almost. Yeah. Um, and it was completely like wood paneled. Mm-hmm. It was set in this yard that was like overgrown. And it, it just kind of looked like a witch lived there <laughs> in that house. But it was my sister's high school science teacher. And you teacher. didn't go there? <laughs> you? We did not. Well, I, but I told you I was a scaredy cat. I didn't do anything my, my parents told me not to do. Except try to prank people. <laughs> these like benign little pranks but it was like he was like a nice man he just lived in kind of like a dark old house (laughs) it's funny our house was a house people wouldn't go to on halloween why (laughs) our driveway Mm -hmm. is so long that i think it freaked people out and it's dark like we live on a dead end Oh, oh, you've told me you've you and your mother both have mentioned the length of your driveway when you were talking about the the man selling a fake product. Oh, yeah. And we had a long driveway. He walked all the way down our driveway and I was like, what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And my mom did decorate for Halloween, but she put like ghost faces in the upper dormers. She made them out of felt um, from a Martha Mm -hmm. Stewart magazine DIY project. (laughs) And she made black felt cut out like ghostly faces that cover the whole window. And then if you leave the lights on upstairs, all you can see is then okay. the light coming out of their eyes and their mouths. Yeah. Um, and then the entire house is dark. And so I think every year we'd be like, so how many pieces of candy got taken? And it would be like three. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a long, dark driveway with a house that looks like a face <laughs> yeah. at the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Halloween felt so cool back then. Oh. Yeah. It was always like a little exhilarating and a little scary for me because my mom drummed up Halloween to be this kind of like not a very safe holiday. I remember like nervous excitement whenever I went mm-hmm. trick-or-treating for Halloween. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> I can totally picture you. Oh, did you ever want to say trick? I never did. But you're a little prankster. I know. I did one night. I think I only did it one year, but we did, you know, the toilet paper (laughs) shaving cream thing when I was like 15 or 16 and graduated from trick-or-treating. Wait, what is that? You toilet paper to house? It's like hell night or something or like mischief night, I think. It's usually the night before Halloween, Mm. but we did it, I think, on Halloween and we like, this is not okay, but we went and like... It wasn't, you know, we didn't spray it's okay. paint I don't or do anything permanent. You're going to be fine. But, um, Tell us what you did. I, don't couch the details. Um, I'm, I, I want to hear it all. I We just like, we went to the park nearby and we were just kind of like having shaving cream fights with each other and then toilet paper, the playground and stuff like that. Oh my like God, that. you're Greg Pakaitis. Oh, I am Greg Pakaitis. I am. From uh, Parks and Rec. I aspire to be Greg Pakaitis. Yeah, that was Pekaitis. him. Pakaitis. Pakaitis. Great character. Yeah, I, yeah. So you TP'd and shaving creamed the park? Yep. <laughs> so we did. I don't think we TP'd anyone's house. It's like a government owned area. It's not private. So there is someone who has to come in and clean that. But it was a rite of passage. I'm going to give you a Thank pass you. for that. Thank you. Um, I was 15. I believe I'm going to need to see that you've changed. So mm-hmm. um, I'm going to have you, you do a couple things around here. Uh huh. Couple chores. You want me to clean clean up? <laughs> That'd be nice. I will come in and remove all of the toilet paper from your apartment. If, <laughs> no. if that's what you that's want. That's actually not what I want. <laughs> I actually don't want that. <laughs> so I have a spooky story for you. 
that I actually experienced. Uh, pray tell, what is it? <laughs> um, thank you for answering in the proper way. <laughs> Hence with tell me your story now. <laughs> now I will tell you. So it actually happened to me not that long ago. Oh. Um, but I've been holding, I've been holding it. Mm-hmm. I've been hoarding it. Like your precious? Yeah, like my precious. So basically, if you're going to any Halloween parties this year, I would just, you know, just keep this in mind. <laughs> because Halloween's a weird night. People mm-hmm. are pulling all sorts of strange pranks and things are not yes. as they seem. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me set the scene. So I went to a party. I just want to make sure you guys know that. Because I am very <laughs> cool. How many people were at this party? <laughs> okay. Well, I don't have to say that. <laughs> um, no, it was, it was pretty well stocked. And actually, I went really, really late because I was going from another event. Uh-oh. Oh. Uh-oh. Humble brag. Flex. Um, I wish I could remember what event I was going from, though. She goes to so many events, she can't remember. Was it a Jason Mraz acoustic <laughs> uh, concert? Yes, by that's right. <laughs> That's right. Now I remember. I was going from Jason Raz's house to this party. And so I got to this party really, really late. It's midnight, you know. And we're all in their backyard. Mm-hmm. They have like string lights on the trees and a fire pit nice. and some music playing, a table with like, you know, different kinds of drinks and mm-hmm. jello shots and half opened bottles and stuff by the time I got there. Jello shots? <laughs> what why are you tripping on jello shots? Um jello shots is is an interesting choice I feel like for like a, a chill LA uh backyard house party. You know, it feels very Vegas. I love it. it. <laughs> I love jello shots. <laughs> and I don't like shots, but I love jello shots. Are, do you really? I do really. Yeah. I don't picture that for you. <laughs> I <laughs> Who's the only one that finished their sickeningly sweet drink at Halloween Horror Nights? That is true. That was me. Back to the story. Um, <laughs> after I'd been there for like 30 minutes, everyone's kind of just sitting around the bonfire and um, chit-chatting, and there's some music playing. But it's not raucous, you know? It's not like... Uh, hopping at that time oh my god what's my language (laughs) a lit a lit party yeah it's not very lit at this time anymore (laughs) it's not very loud it's not very raucous or anything there's music playing but anyway people are sitting around the fire and i one person started this whole thing and they were like do you hear do you hear something like do you hear is that like a raccoon And I feel like they were just kind of ignored. Like, no one really heard that. Um, Mm -hmm. And then a little bit later, someone was like, does anyone hear a dog? Is there a dog here? And that one kind of caught on more where people were, like, kind of stopping their conversations, like, listening and being like, yeah, like, I kind of hear a dog. Is that a dog? And then everyone at a certain point is, like, starting to listen. And you can hear a, and we're just sitting around in a circle and someone's like turn down the music turn down the music 
And then everyone's like trying to figure out like, is this a coyote? Like, is this a dog? Someone's dog is howling. Yeah. And then clear as day, it starts up again. And it is a human voice. It is clearly a human voice. And it is very, very close. Like, it sounds like it's in the backyard. Or, like, mm-hmm. right on the side of the house or something. <laughs> so everyone's kind of freaked out. Like, what is that? Okay, like, maybe it's about the noise. You know, maybe mm-hmm. this is, like about the noise even though they have a lot of parties there and like it wasn't really that loud but they're like turn off the music turn off the music just in case yeah so everyone turned off the music no more music is playing we're just sitting there silently and it just keeps happening so everyone's kind of like looking around the house on both sides because it sounds really close by i remember being like is someone playing a prank on us like from this party and is just like standing right out of you on the side of the house just doing this? That's what I thought it was. And no one can see anything, so it's like, okay, let's just let's just get in the house. And it's still going this whole time. So then we all get into the house and we're standing there and that's when someone realizes like where's Zach who like is one of the people at that house. Like everyone had come inside. But Zach wasn't there. And we look outside on the backyard and he's not there either. Um, and he was there the whole time. Like he's not the one making the sound. He was there the whole time when this was happening, but he just didn't come inside the house. So there was this like split second where I was like, oh my God, this is the horror movie scenario. We are being snatched one by one. Like the group is being dismantled. Um, and then as everyone's like, where's Zach? Where's Zach? There's sounds on the side of the house like like sounds that sound like someone's trying to get on top of the house like a rustling of like the garbage cans and i was like the dog man is getting on the roof (laughs) and he has zach (laughs) but after a few tense minutes of like are all the doors locked what was that sound finally like zach comes back around the house and everyone's like oh god thank god zach and he's like hey i was just like went out and got on top of the garbage cans and i tried to see if i could see somebody oh okay so that was zach it was zach and he couldn't see anybody he Mm -hmm. was like i couldn't find them i couldn't see where the sound was coming from anymore but it had just sounded like it was coming from right there yeah then so i was like i'm out of here this is too creepy and weird (laughs) so i left was texting them and like nothing ever happened like they couldn't find the noise no one even knows if it was happening like at us Mm -hmm. if it was happening separately from us. But it was super, super creepy. Yeah. It's creepy to hear a dog and then realize it's a human. Yeah. Um, I have a theory, and it's that you were hearing Hermione from (laughs) Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, I think actually that's probably a good theory. It's probably just someone replaying that one clip Mm -hmm. from Harry Potter again and again and again, like on full blast. I think so. I know. I wish I wish I could give you the exact sound that it was. Yeah. It sounded way creepier than I'm making it sound. And Mm -hmm. it definitely part of that was because when the music was on and we could hear it, I thought it was a dog in the distance. And when the music turned off, it sounded like a man 20 feet from me. Like, was this person in a tree? Like, where was that coming from? Were they blasting it from a speaker? I know. I was like, do they have like a megaphone? 
Yeah. And it never happened again. Never, never happened again. again. Yeah. That's super weird and creepy. Pretty weird. Yeah. Pretty weird. Um, I like how you got to that party super late and then left early. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was there very late and I uh, left quickly. <laughs> We know what you want. Another ad. Right? Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com odyssey. That's greenlight.com odyssey. So you did go trick-or-treating, mm -hmm. even though your parents weren't keen on Halloween? Ooh, Ryan. I did, yeah. The trick-or-treating part, I think, was wholesome enough to them that it's like, as long as you dress like um, a member of heaven, you'll be fine. <laughs> so, so now tell us about your costumes, now that you've opened that door. So costume, not plural, costume, <laughs> every year was an angel. I was an angel every year, first or second grade to like end of grade school, like 10. And then at the age of 10, I was like, you know what? I've had enough. And I did not dress up again until I was like 20. <laughs> it kills me every time you tell me that. It kills me. But yeah, when I came back to Halloween, it's never been about the costumes. I'm not a costume person. I'm not a clothes person. It's always been about the costumes for me. Always. Yeah. I like when everyone's like, hey, let's be scary for a month. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, finally, everyone else <laughs> yeah. is on my level. Yeah. One month out of the year, everyone else is on my level. And I'm excited for like the impersonation of others. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, you've had in your adult life, as far as I know, you've had a couple of very good costumes. Thank you. I appreciate that. Last year, I was Nicole Kidman from the AMC uh, theaters promos. Mm hmm. Snaps. Should I do it? Yeah, do it. Do it. AMC. We make movies better. Not yes. bad. Very good. Very Not good. Not bad. Yeah. 
And then I was, what's her face from Queen's Gambit? Mm-hmm. I was Anya Taylor-Joy's character. Oh my God, I can't remember Is her name. Is it Beth? Oh my, Beth, Beth Harmon. Harmon. I was Beth Harmon from Queen's Gambit. That was fun. Also very good because you look like her. <laughs> That's a pretty great costume. I I got that a lot that year. And so I was like, you know what? I'll lean in. And it was really fun to order those pills. I got like a whole jar of those <laughs> pills that she takes in the show. And I just held a chessboard and an entire jar of pills. Look and I that. was yeah. it like a like a bin of pretzels? Because you're holding it like it was that large. <laughs> It was kind of oh, big. Wow. Yeah, it was like a, was a sizable jar of pills I had with me that night. I mean, there were empty capsules. That is so funny because I would not have thought to include that um, to a costume for oh, her. <laughs> with me, it's about the props. I'm always bringing something interactive <laughs> and you better believe I've got an interactive element this year. Oh. But I'm not telling you what it is. And that year I also was the Squid Game doll. <laughs> was that a costume that they sold or you made it? I made it. I make all my wow. co- like I make all my costumes every year. That's impressive. Even I started when I was little. I uh, was really into pirates when I was little, and um, some period of time in middle school, I was like, "I'm gonna be a pirate," but I'm not gonna buy a pirate costume. Like some sucker. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to go for authenticity, uh-huh. or what I thought was authenticity. Did you knock all your teeth out? <laughs> 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 so I spent a week on the high seas. <laughs> Getting scurvy. I gave myself scurvy. <laughs> no, I wore like a really ornate ruffly shirt that like I actually had somehow or maybe my mom had bought it for me and I was like, whoa, no, but perfect for pirate. <laughs> so I wore this shirt and then I had like jazz pants on, but like I tucked them into high boots. Mm-hmm. So it kind of had this like billowy effect tucked into like black high boots with this like flowy shirt. And then my mom had this belt from the 80s that had like a huge <laughs> gold like snake uh, like intertwining with it kind of thing. Uh-huh. And I just like put that over where my shirt and my pants met. <laughs> and then I think I wore like hoop earrings. I'm not even, I don't think I had my ears pierced yet. So I think I had like clip-on hoop earrings. Yeah. I had a chain with like a medallion that almost looked like Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. But it was it was like a different, it wasn't like a merch from the show. And so then I like layered those. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. I didn't have a pirate hat, <laughs> I think that year. And everyone was like, what are you? There was no eye patch. I was like, I'm legitimately like, a sc- I'm a scallywag. Like <laughs> I am, I'm a pillager. I'm a pirate. I saw you showed me a picture and I had a hat in that one. Oh, yes. Yeah, you did. Because the second year I was like, no one gets it. So So I did it again another year and I wore a hat. (laughs) Yeah. That's really funny. (laughs) You as a pirate, you look like you're just like a cool kid. I'm like, thank you. Um, That's very generous. (laughs) That is very generous (laughs) because no one understood my costume at school. I'm going to post a picture of my brother and I dressed up as Anakin and Queen Amidala, <laughs> but we're legitimately tots. We're so <laughs> young. It looks crazy. I was in kindergarten dressed as Queen Amidala. It's really cute. You look very serious. You look like you're taking your queen duties very seriously in that photo. <laughs> I'm going to a party this year, and the theme is... Uh, dress either as you were in high school or as you wanted to be in high school. And definitely not going as I was because it would be pajamas. 
<laughs> so what did you want to be? What are you going to dress as? A punk. I oh, wanted to be a punk. Be, you wanted to be a punk. Yeah. yeah you little punk. I wanted to be like grungy, you know, like uh, 90s grungy punk, kind of like hot topic, you know? Oh, yeah. That's what I, so I think I might try it. I love that. And, you know, good backup is pajamas. So that'll be easy. <laughs> well, that's our talk about costumes. Yeah. Um, tell us what you're going to go as. Yeah, honestly. Tell us what you think Meredith's mom is going to go as. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rattled and Shook is a Tenderfoot TV production in partnership with Odyssey. Executive producers are Donald Albright and Payne Lindsay. Co-executive producer is Meredith Stedman. Hosted and produced by April Ruha and Meredith Stedman. Lead editor and sound designer is April Ruha. Additional production by Sean Nerney. Production management by Tracy Kaplan and Jordan Foxworthy. Original score by Makeup and Vanity Set. Original art by Puppy Teeth. Follow us on social media at Rattled and Shook.